the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He'll live with them and they'll be his people and God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Well, that's the reality. You may not have been impacted by the literal storm, but we've all walked through storms. I try to remind you of that regularly. Some of you are just coming out of one of life's storms. Some of you are in the middle of it right now. Some of you don't realize it, but you're heading into a storm. And as much as we would like to think that if you love God and follow Jesus, everything's going to be okay and everybody has a fairy tale ending, most of us lived enough life to know that's just not the case. The storms of life are inevitable. Sometimes the difficulties we face, the journey we go through is unavoidable. This week, our neighbors to the south found themselves in a somewhat unexpected way facing the storm. But even after the storm, an interesting thing happened. We began to hear those that were giving us the news about the storm tell us that the real danger was in the storm surge. Those things that went along with the storm, the waters that began to rise. And and then I began to hear the stories firsthand of of friends in Port Charlotte who had water in their homes, of a pastor buddy in Naples who who went out for a a run the morning after and and said, downtown Naples was was three feet underwater. Uh, People in Northport, where we used to live, who still are in their homes because their, their streets are flooded. To hear that an interstate is closed because of the fear of water coming onto the road. There's all kind of ripples and after effects of the storm surge. Rising waters that cause more destruction and create more fear and promise greater pain. And that's true in the storms of life too. We not only endure the storms of life, but we encounter seemingless, endless Ripples of the storm surge that bring more grief and more personal pain. Storms, life, physical illness, and even death. Relational abandonment or even abuse. And then loss. Sure, we lose personal possessions. Some of you have just gone through that. 
But even worse, right, is the loss of relationships, loss of jobs, loss of marriages, loss of friendships. So you have to ask, what what does a Christ follower do in these moments? We would like to think that it's all about the amen times in life. I like it when I hear amens. That literally means so be it. And and sometimes you walk through life and, and you're ready to tackle hell with a water pistol. And you say, bring it on. So be it. Amen. I'm ready. But sometimes in life, you're just overwhelmed by the oh my moments. Are the oh me moments. And you're thinking, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know if I can make it another day. I don't know how to go forward. How do you keep going when you want to give up, when, when the world around you knows that you follow Christ? Our answer found in this passage today is in a book in the Bible that has one of the more curious names. You may not have realized what it means. The book Lamentations. It comes from that word lament. Do you know what a lament is? It's a a cry, literally a funeral dirge. Some of you come from a culture in which it's customary at a death for these cries and and moans of despair. That's not my background, but I've been there. I've seen that. A welling that just expresses the deep and dark depression of the devastation that you've experienced. Lamentations is a series of five of those, five chapters, which are five laments that are expressed by the prophet Jeremiah. He's grieving. He's grieving the loss of everything. You hear that sometimes, and and perhaps you've said that, I've lost everything. Well, he lost everything. He was grieving the loss of his nation, the loss of his city, the loss of friends and family, the loss of the future he had hoped for. The year was 586 BC. That may not mean anything to you. If you were from a Jewish background, it would be more meaningful. That's the year that the city of Jerusalem was overtaken by the Babylonians and destroyed. The temple was burned down. For the Jewish people, that is one of the 9-11 moments in their history. The Babylonians came to Jerusalem. They took over. They began to take captives. Many would be hauled off to Babylon. You read of one of them, famously Daniel. Thousands upon thousands died in the streets. Thousands more would come to Jerusalem, as often throughout history people do, coming into the cities, hoping to find help, only to realize there was no food, so they would die in the streets. There was a stench of disease and death everywhere. There was no water. The temple had been burned down. It got so bad that when the prophet writes this book, he tells of parents becoming cannibals of their own children. That's how bad it got. And so Jeremiah is like this war correspondent. He's on the front lines, and he's telling us what he's experiencing. And it's hard to hear. It's hard to take in. He illustrates a journey that we all have to take at some point in life, a journey from hopelessness to total trust in God. It's a stark contrast. Let me show you the contrast. 
Verse 18, he says, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Maybe that's where you are in the journey today. Everything is lost. But by the end of the chapter, he has another proclamation. Look at verse 58. He says, Lord, you've come to my defense. You have redeemed my life. That's where I want you to get to in the journey. That in the midst of life's pain, in the midst of life's grief, in the midst of life's dark times, you are able to say, even like Job, I know that my Redeemer lives. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So where are you in the journey? Hopelessness to total trust. Let's dig in and see if we can find a little help. Listen as Jeremiah begins to vividly describe the pain. Verse 1. I, so this is personal, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He has led me into darkness, shutting out all light. He has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He's made my skin and flesh grow old. He's broken my bones. He's besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you've even felt like you could say what he was saying. God, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but you're out to get me. Everything I touch is, is dying. It's not okay. My life is miserable. He's describing a pain that's personal, and it's a pain that's overwhelming. And he doesn't stop there. You could continue reading, but let's pick up in verse 14. My own people laugh at me. All day long they sing mocking songs. And then we realize there's greater pain than physical pain. 30 years in ministry, I've come to believe that with all my heart. All pain hurts. Don't get me wrong. But when there's physical pain, I I usually can point to a cause. If I've broken my bone, it may be painful, but I know what's going on. I know how healing can come. If I have cancer, and I don't like that diagnosis, but I understand that there's something that's literally attacking my body, that's eating away at the cells. But when the pain becomes emotional or, or mental, then all I think is that there must be something wrong with me. Why am I not okay? How do I fix this? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So often we become like the prophet. He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. 
And then in a vivid word picture, he says, he has made me chew on gravel. I have a tooth that needs a little TLC, tender loving care. It's not terrible, but if I bite down just hard enough, it reminds me that it's there. You know what I'm talking about? Imagine that instead of a bowl of cereal, you were to go out in the parking lot and fill that bowl with gravel. And you took a spoon and just embarked upon eating that gravel bite by bite. Determining to chew down on that gravel regardless of the impact to your teeth. I I can see you. It's making some of you just clench up just at the thought. He made me chew on gravel. He's rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away and I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. And, And some of you, that may even be where you are today. You're thinking, this is not what I signed up for. I I keep waiting for relief. I I keep thinking it'll get better. But the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Some of you would say there's moments like that I look back on. I'll never forget. The way I felt when I heard the news, when I watched this take place, when I was told what I was told. So, so why do we have this in the Bible? <laughs> Again, don't we just all want to smile and be happy? And don't we just want to hear someone say, be encouraged, everything's going to be all right? It'll get better somewhere over the rainbow. And yet we realize deep within that's not always reality. The prophet is raw and real. And he teaches us. Here's the first thing he teaches us. Get this. It is a healthy thing to acknowledge our pain and grieve our losses. So this is me, uh, Pastor Shepherd, not only giving you permission, but pointing your toward health. Because that's not what you've always been taught. Somewhere along the way, some of you were taught, hey, you've got to put on a mask. You've got to pretend like everything's okay. You've got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And if, if someone says, How it, how's it going? You're always supposed to say, great, it's going great, regardless of reality. In fact, some of you as men were taught, if you want to be a man... You don't show emotions. You don't describe how you're feeling. And others of you have just been through so much pain and so much hurt, perhaps even abuse, that you just stuffed it down. One of my friends, Mark Vrokup, wrote a book called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I love the subtitle of his book. It's called Discovering the Grace of Lament. I want you to listen to how he describes lament. Lament is how we bring our sorrows to God. Without lament, we won't know how to process pain. Silence and bitterness and even anger can dominate our spiritual lives instead. I read that again and I thought, man, in my ministry, I've known people that that become like this. 
They, they walk through real pain, things that's unexplainable, that no one should have to go to. But somehow in their journey, where they end up is not a good place. They withdraw. They separate themselves from those that love them. They become bitter. They become angry about everything. He goes on to say, without lament, we won't know how to help people walking through sorrow. Instead, we'll offer trite solutions, unhelpful comment, and impatient responses. And I read that and thought about how I've been guilty of that. You don't have to have experienced what everyone else is experiencing, but you do probably need to understand that sometimes hang in there and it'll be okay and just trust the Lord. Maybe a little more is needed. What's more, without this sacred song of sorrow, he says, we'll miss the lessons historic laments are intended to teach us. Lament is how Christians grieve. You you see, Jeremiah points out something that's hard for us to understand. He acknowledges, and if you read this chapter and and even this whole book, if you look back at the book of Jeremiah, you'll see this acknowledging that, that God is sovereign And that while he may not be pulling the strings that cause everything to happen to your life, he's certainly aware of it. And that's the God we worship. And so as we worship that God, we have to somehow reconcile that if he's aware of it, he could have stopped it, but he didn't. And so how do I grow through this? How do I grieve? Let me ask you, how how has pain and sorrow affected your life? I've been here over a decade. I'm looking out at some of you. I know of the diagnosis some of you are living with. I see the grief that some of you are still in. I recognize the pain that some of you are walking through. What are you doing with these experiences in life? How are you navigating them? Are you allowing them to to bring you closer to God? or, Or have you allowed a barrier to be built? It's as if a portion of your heart is closed off and you say, no, don't go there because I don't have the answers and I'm afraid the whole faith thing will crumble if I have to address that. Or maybe you are on the other side and you can talk about the lessons you've learned. What, What has God taught you? I think about my life and there are times where I say, there are some things I would give anything if I had a time machine and I could go back and undo But I wouldn't give anything for what God's taught me as I walk through these times. Scripture teaches us that acknowledging the pain and grieving the losses through lament actually give us more grace and they lead us to depend on what the Bible calls God's new morning mercies. And I love the authenticity of Jeremiah because I can relate. There are times in my faith journey where I just think I'm at the end. And God, I don't understand. I feel like I take a step forward and then all of a sudden there's two steps back. I don't understand what you're dealing out here. God, I'm I'm crying out in trust, but my faith is weak. I don't know how much longer I can go on. My tank is on empty. I don't have any more to give. I'm all give out. And if you can relate to any of those things, I would just tell you that God is not intimidated by your doubts or your questions or your fears. And when you're at the bottom, he will meet you there. 
You're not alone. My friend Mark says it well. He says, lament is the language of those stumbling in their journey to find mercy in dark clouds. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've even just stumbled into this place. And you're saying, God, I, I need something. Because it's awful dark. It was about this time of year, my dad had had a stroke. And um, it changed life for him and my mom instantly. My mom is such a trooper. They literally moved in like two days notice. It seemed like things were better, but then he had another brain bleed and he left the assisted living that they had just moved into, never to return. After a lot of time in the hospital, he went into a nursing facility and he wasn't the same, but it it seems like things were going to be okay. And then he fell and things just got worse and things got bad. And some of you that were here, you remember, man, that was a trying time for me. And at least every two weeks, sometimes every week, I'd make that seven and a half hour drive nonstop to South Carolina and spend a couple of days and come back. Then a couple of months into that, COVID hit and it was shut down. We got some special permissions, but the visits did not come as often. I remember just crying out to God, thinking about this man who had been my hero, who was the strongest man I'd ever known. My source of wisdom, apart from God. And saying, God, he's okay. He's ready. He's lived a good life. Just let him come home. We're okay. We're ready. God did not answer my prayer. Not in my timing. I remember his last couple of days, we knew that his passing was imminent. I was able to get there and I'm like, thank you, God, I made it. Now just take him. Please just take him. And he didn't. And and when you walk through that, you have to get to a point where you say, what do I do with this grief? What do I do with this which I don't understand? And what scripture is teaching us is that the healthy thing is not to stuff it down and not to be a man or not to put your big girl panties on. The the healthy thing is to say, God, this is killing me. I don't understand it. I'm grieving. We acknowledge our pain and grief. But God never intends that we stay there. Did you hear that, church? God never intends that we stay there. Remember the shift I read at verse 55. But, don't you love the buts of the Bible? But I called on your name, Lord, from deep within the pit. And and some of you feel deep within the pit. Some of you have been deep within the pit. You heard me when I cry. Listen to my pleading. Hear my cry for help. Yes, you came when I called and you told me, do not fear. 
Do you know how many times in the Bible God tells you do not fear? Lord, you've come to my defense. You've redeemed my life. You know what God's word is saying to you today? When you call on the name of the Lord, there is always hope. When you call on the name of the Lord, there's always hope. Look at verse 20. I will never forget this awful time. I grieve my loss, yet I still dare to hope. Say dare to hope. I still dare to hope and I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.